Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey, you guys, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm so excited to be back here with another well-planned episode where I show up with my friend, colleague, and she was my business coach for a while, Megan Flat. And it's so fun to dive into your questions with her. It's so much better than being here alone because it's it's funny. We each we each come up with our own answers, but then we get to feed off of each other and we're just having so much fun. And I have to say, you guys, Megan is not getting anything from this. I mean, hopefully she you, a few of you who've never heard of her before are hearing about her for the first time. But she's just really showing up out of the goodness of her heart. I'm so grateful because it's making answering these questions so much fun for me. And we're just having some, we check in every Tuesday, we get to answer questions and it's just so fun. So I really look forward to my Tuesdays. So if you guys want to go give Megan some love, make sure that you go check out her site at meganflat.com. The links are in the show notes. And she has some great evergreen courses. Actually, the first, the way that I met her to begin with many years ago was when she first did her class using post-it notes, how to organize anything with post-it notes. And I think she still has some version of that online. I highly, highly recommend it. Um, for just a way to figure out what has to get done in a project, whether it's a home project or a work project. And then if you're a mom entrepreneur and you're at a phase where you're trying to figure out what your business is going to look like for the next 90 days, maybe something's changed, maybe you had a big idea, um, and you're just trying to figure out what the next thing is, Megan holds these amazing online retreats where you can really plan your next 90 days. It gives you this space to plan your next 90 days. So check her out, get on her list so you can be notified when the next one of those are. And she did not prompt me to share any of that. So I'm not 100% sure that everything I just shared is right, but just go check out her stuff because it's awesome. All right. This episode, our Q&A episode, has been coming live on Mondays for the past couple weeks. It's part of my experiment to really up the amount of episodes that I deliver. So Megan has been here with me on Mondays. We've been answering your questions. On Wednesday, I either have an interview like they normally were, or last week I came live because I had something that I wanted to share. It was a solo episode. And then every Friday, I dive into one doable change. So you can really get the idea of how when I decide I want to do something or when my clients decide they want to do something, how we break that down and have fun with it over the course of a week so that we're not, we don't end up in overwhelm. So that's sort of what's been going down. And I'm telling you all that because this episode is actually coming live on a Tuesday. I have just gotten back from the most amazing four-day retreat. Yes, I did. I checked out of my life for four days. And not only did I do that, but I was on this retreat and there was a little bit of talking during some sessions we had, but I would say 80% of the four days was spent in silence. We weren't supposed to talk in between sessions, during meals, as we were walking around. And it was so refreshing, you guys. I feel so full after this four days of just sort of checking out. Um, I had the honor of going with my mom, which was also so fun because I feel like we 
a lot of times process up stuff with words and we just got to be together. It was just so, it was such an amazing weekend. And the, the teacher who taught this weekend, um, was, is a mentor of my cousin who was the one who hosted it. And his name was John. Um, his name is John Pendergrass. And I hope to get him on here some point soon because, oh my gosh, you guys, you've got it. We have to all learn from him. Amazing. He wrote a book called In Touch. You can look it up. And just such great tools for getting quiet and really tapping into our own intuition, which is something that we talk a lot about here because I feel like a lot of the craziness, the overwhelm that we get as busy moms is that we're listening to all this stuff from the outside and not not really listening to what our hearts are telling us that we need to do in a given situation, whether it's because we, we're not sure what we're supposed to eat or whether we're not sure whether we're supposed to work today or clean out the basement or we're not sure you know, whether we should take our kid to the doctor. A lot of times we have that intel, but we just have to get quiet enough to find it. So it was just so amazing to spend four days getting quiet. Anyway, I tell you that story because Hopefully, some point in your life, you will find time to get quiet. And actually, I will link in the show notes to Sarah Jenks' episode because she talks about how she regularly takes days um, to just sort of do nothing or or do what comes up. I know that actually Megan um, makes it, and I think maybe it's actually on this episode that we explain it, but maybe not. Um, she just tries to fill Tuesday through Thursday with client stuff so that on Monday and Friday she has more open. So there's way there's so many ways that we can create space in our lives. And I hope that in this podcast, um, just in your life, you have ways to make to f- be inspired to and take action to create more space. That was kind of my my little thing for today, my thought, and the reason why this is coming out on Tuesday instead of Monday. So this week, there's going to be two podcasts, this one, and then on Friday, we have a doable change. And then next week, we will be back with our normal for now experiment of three podcasts a week. We have an amazing interview that I did yesterday with, oh my gosh, you guys, you have to tune in on Wednesday. We have another Q&A on Monday and a doable change next Friday. It's just, it's so much fun. If you guys are loving what you're hearing, will you please do me a favor? Will you share the podcast with a friend who you think might like it? It's interesting. I don't know that all of us ladies listen to podcasts all the time. So sometimes it's just as simple as telling your friends that these things exist and when you listen to them. And when they're ready to listen, just share that the Plan Simple podcast is around. We would love to grow our listenership. It's what will enable us to keep showing up here three times a week going forward. Again, this is an experiment, but I'm hoping it works and helps more people find the podcast. So share it with a friend. The other thing that really helps us get seen is when you rate and review the podcast on iTunes and subscribe. So go do that if you haven't already done it. It's a little bit weird because Apple is always changing what it looks like inside of iTunes. So if there's any doubt how to do this, just Google it quick and you will find the answer, I promise. You could even press pause right now and go rate and review the podcast. We would love, love, love that. So I think that's all I have. We have a great question today from a listener um, who has the most amazing accent. And Megan and I have so much fun getting in and really talking about systems. 
All right, you guys, let's listen to Ellen's question and then dive into Megan and my take on it. I am Ellen and I have a question for you. Um, so I have started my job uh, full time two years ago and I think I really need to to create some system or some things that would help me to save some time so I can... I can make some documents and things that make me more efficient for uh, every patient I'm I'm seeing and helping. And I was wondering when do you actually think or should I think uh, getting some help to to make my document and my whatever email and stuff looking better so so you know, I was thinking if I if I work on the inside and what I want to write and give uh, as information, when should I uh, worry about how it looks and and you know probably invest and spend money in a, in a, in order to create a document that looks good and with people that are able to create uh, good things like uh, we say in French graphism i think or something like that um yeah i was wondering that <laughs> i don't know if it's clear um thanks for your help bye all right so you want to just dive in you want to start sure do we want to recap the the question we'll start with the time saving systems that were yeah let's so if we divide it into two we'll start with sort of Perfect. time saving and then move into what what that looks like yeah yeah. Okay. Perfect. And they really kind of blend, at least my signals kind of blend together too. Yeah, but, mine too. Um, okay. So time-saving systems. The first literally, I mean, obviously listen to Mia's suggestion too, but if you turn off the podcast after this one thing, this is my number one suggestion when it comes to putting a time, you know, kind of your time-saving systems into place and it's creating a weekly workflow. Um, and even even before you get into a weekly workflow, and I'll explain that in just a second, but like just setting boundaries, setting work hours. When do you start working? When do you stop? What days do you work on? What days do you not work on? What are kind of your non-negotiables? That is going to make such a big difference in your business and in your quality of life. I think that as entrepreneurs, we have the, you know, the quote unquote ability to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But the problem is when you go in with that mentality that then any time when you're not working, you feel like, oh wait, I should I should be working. I I ha- I should be working. I mean, I could be working right now. I you know, I could be doing this instead. And so I think it's so important to create some boundaries and a and a, a container that your work fits in. And it doesn't mean that sometimes you don't go outside of that, but you just have a framework. And if it's, you know, if you start work at 9am, then it gives you the morning to do what you need to do. And you start work at 9am and you're not in a panic. And if work ends at 3pm or it ends at noon or it ends at 5pm, whatever it is, or maybe, maybe your day starts at noon and it ends at 8pm, like whatever it is, but having some, some boundaries around that. So that's kind of my first tip. Okay. I like that. And, and let's talk a little bit about, cause I feel like one of the things that's been huge for me as well. And one of, and it was one of my tips too. So let's just keep going with it. Yep. So one of the things that I always struggled with just, I've always been a multi-passionate entrepreneur. So I have different lines of revenue in my business. I have this yep. podcast. Um, 
you know, I just have different things I'm working on. So when I structure my week, I sort of compartmentalize the different things. But it means that, you know, I have a certain amount of time to work on things, but sometimes something will go, like, I always feel like there's more to be done. So let's talk about how, like, we have dealt with that, you know, like just that thing that there's, there's always more. Right. Um, because we've saved, you know, we've saved that extra thing. Right. Well, and exactly what you were just saying is why I call it a weekly workflow instead of like a weekly I work like schedule. That word. Right. Yeah. You love that word. Exactly. I do love that word. Your, your methodology, but yeah, it's exactly why I use that word instead of saying like, this is a, my weekly work schedule. Yeah. Because I want there to be some flow to it. And, and it's also something that I update, you know, we're talking, we've been talking a lot about like 90 day plans. It's something I find that I need to update my workflow about every 90 days because either I'm focused on different things in my business or my kid's schedule is slightly different and therefore my work hours are slightly different. So I like to have a schedule that has some of the big rocks in it. Like, like I like to have certain days that I see clients and certain days that I work on creating content. And you might have, you know, certain days that you record the podcast or certain days that you do other things. Um, but then to have some fluidity there and have some, I, I call it buffer time. So mm -hmm. to have some buffer time so that if some of those projects if I'm getting feeling super inspired or if some of those projects run long or if something comes up and not, you know, we're not brain surgeons and there's no like emergency, but you know, if something comes up and I want to fit it in, I already have some time built into my schedule to fit in some of those extra things. So yeah. that's part of my advice. Yeah. Okay. And so then my first piece on that, let's see. Um, so I'm wondering if we're dividing. Well, we're just going to keep going. And we'll just keep going. Megan has three ones on this. I might be skipping ahead a little bit, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, so I guess the one thing that I wanted to share about outsourcing, which, you know what, let's get to outsourcing in a minute. Let's okay. talk about systematizing still. So I just wrote them in the opposite order for some reason, which is why we're here together. <laughs> so, um, so I think systematizing is key in scaling. Mm -hmm. Um and so what I found, and I believe that Ellen has a business that is serving one-on-one -on -one clients. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think, I don't know why I think that, but um, so if you have a business that serves one-on-one -on -one clients, like I'm assuming there's stuff that comes up over and over again for not just me, <laughs> um, you know, and you feel like you're answering the same question over and over again, or you're doing the same thing over and over again. And in those cases, I think it's, that's what makes us a CEO is that we have this ability to make those things go faster. So we're not constantly reinventing the wheel and we're making it easier. Um, but the thing that I guess I wanted to start with was that what I have found is that sometimes I outsource those things too early and that I think it's really important to understand them yourself and systematize as much you can, as you can on your own. So if there's an email that you're constantly rewriting, but it's kind of similar, like somebody's always asking the same question, just keep a sheet of answers so that all you have to do is know to go back into that sheet and copy and paste and send it out. Um, you know, there's different, like if you're always asking people to answer certain questions in your business, then have a list of those questions so that they're always going out. If you always know that, 
when you first talk to somebody, if you notice that they're not quite ready to be a customer right away or that you need to tell a certain set of stories before somebody becomes a customer, then write out those certain set of stories. Like I've noticed over the years that the people I really look up to as business owners repeat themselves like literally every second. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think that we put so much pressure on ourselves not to. So just tracking those things before you outsource um, has been really helpful for me because nobody who we outsource to can know the insides of our systems like we do. Right. Absolutely. And the more clear, and you know, we'll get into this, but like the more clear you are with what your systems are or the way something has to be done, then the easier it is to outsource yeah. it too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because I, I always have this like pipe dream of like, I'm just going to hand some stranger my like horrific Google Drive, right? <laughs> and they're just going to like wave a magic wand and make it beautiful. And then, you know, they can't do that because it's my stuff and like they don't know what to delete and what to organize. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, it just, yeah. people can't read our minds, even though we think they should be able to. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Good. Um, okay. So mine goes along with what you were saying a little bit too about, um, you know, template, creating templates and things that you use over and over again. Um, I also find that if she has a one-on-one -on -one business, I also find it's a really great way to add value. I mean, and this can be for a group program too, but it's a really great way to add value within your pro within your coaching or within your work is that if there's something that you find yourself explaining something all the time to each of your one-on-one -on -one clients, if you can turn that into like a video or some kind of handout or a little slide presentation that's pre-recorded, oh, then, then it's adding value to the program because you're doing, maybe you do a series of one-on-one -on -one calls. So here we have call number one, and then you say, okay, before we have call number two, I want you to go and watch this video. And then A, they're getting like, it's, it's almost like they're getting a whole extra session with you. You just happen to be recorded and it's saving you the time of having to go through that on your call so that you can dive deeper into whatever their challenges are or whatever it is that you're helping them with. So it really beefs up. It allows you to raise your prices, I think, because it really beefs up what you're giving to your clients, but really you're just systematizing. Okay. I talk, every single client needs to know this, or I tell every single client how to create a weekly workflow. So then I created a video on how to create a weekly workflow. And now I can send that to my, you know, I can tell my clients, okay, before our next call, watch this. Yep. So, well, yeah. and, and I, the same thing, I just want to bridge that because in a second, I'm going to bridge this back, her question back to home, even though it's not what she asked about. <laughs> but because I think that a lot of times when we, are feeling the need to systematize. It's a good thing coming usually out of some sort of overwhelm that stuff isn't systematized. Right. And um, I have two points around this, but the first one is that sometimes the thing that we are reacting to isn't the thing we need to systematize. Yeah. And so home systems can be systematized as well. Like family systems can be systematized. So don't, if you're overwhelmed with the idea of how to do this in your business and there's more of a learning curve around that, think about how you can systematize grocery shopping and carpools and all this other stuff in our lives that could benefit from this CEO mindset that we haven't really thought, you know, that we, but, but we're focusing on this other thing because it's the thing that's really eating at us. But lots of things can make us feel like we're, we have more free time. 
Totally. I always say it's kind of one of my little, you know, slogans is your life isn't compartmentalized. So your business support can't be either. And I think exactly, that's exactly it. Whether you're talking business or home, it's, we're all one person. We're all one person. We're all living one life. And whether it's volunteer work, whether it's working in your kid's school, your job, your, you know, putting dinner on the table, like whatever it is that it's like, we all have to get it all done. And so the more, wherever you can put a system in place, if that makes your life easier, then that's going to trickle down. If you're not stressed about getting groceries, then you're going to be able to spend more time writing that blog post for your business. So maybe it's not systematizing the blog post, it's systematizing the groceries. And I just got all these video ideas from your comment because I'm like, oh my gosh, we could like video actually how to take the trash out and close the top. So our 14 year old could actually do that. You know, right. like, I feel like we can make instructional videos. Instructional in videos for our kids. Exactly. Yeah. And at school, oh my gosh, I feel like school is a big black hole for like reinventing every year. I don't know if you have this at your school, but I feel like at our school, different grades do different things. And I just wish there was this binder or something that right. explained exactly what you had to do because every single year at every single activity, it's like, we're all scrambling to figure out what it is that you did it. Whereas all 10 years, the 10 years passed, the parents ahead have Someone done it. Did it. Yeah. And it's like, if we just documented that, like imagine what it would be like for the right. next class. Totally. Totally. Yeah. All right. What you got? Um, okay. So my last one around time sa- systems is, and I've seen this recently with some clients and it's interesting because I think we all do it to a degree. And, but as soon as I explain it, it's going to make it's going to make you cringe. Like you're going to see why we need to do it differently. And it's this, this concept or this mantra of that accomplishments build momentum. Mm -hmm. And so instead of working on a bunch of projects all at once to narrow down how many projects you're working on at any given time, but work on them faster. So the way I kind of illustrate this is if, you know, we've been talking about 90 days. And so if you say, Hey, you know, over the next 90 days, I want to accomplish these 12 things. And you say like every week, I'm going to be working on these 12 different projects. Just saying it feels overwhelming. Like, Oh my gosh, you've got 12 projects going on. Like that's overwhelming. But a lot of us, that's what we want to do because we want to get started. We're excited about things. They're all important. So we want to work on them all. And so my suggestion is work in two week sprints. So take two projects and focus or one and focus on one or two projects only and, but try to get them done or moved forward or whatever it is that you want to do with it in two weeks and put, put, devote more time, more energy, more brain power in a shorter time frame, and then move on. And if you do the math, if you do six two-week sprints and you do two projects at a time, that's still your 12 projects. But at any given time, you're only working on two different projects instead of saying, oh, I'm working on these 12 different projects and you feel like you're pulled in 8 million directions. So like, and every time, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say like every time, I think every time you finish, like every, every time it's like, whoa, project one is done. That's where that accomplishment builds momentum. So you're able to be like, yes, I feel great. And I'm celebrating this win. And now I'm going to move on to the next thing. And you, and you, you pick up your, not your pace, but just your, um, you know, your productivity because it's like, oh yeah, I am getting stuff done. Not you're nine weeks in and you're like, I'm still working. I'm doing nine weeks. I'm still working on these 12 projects. Yeah, I think that's great. And so in, in Ellen's case, if she has like all these different things she wants to systematize, she would 
write that out and just yeah. chunk off one thing at a time. Even if you only have, you know, two or three extra hours twice a week or something to work on that particular project, there's something about that dedicated time, um, which actually is right. sort of, I feel like my next one is sort of a hybrid between one you already shared and that one, which is one of the things I find we do is we don't have those runways um, in our day, like in the time of our day to yeah. get into a project. And I think that that strategy really helps with that so that you can, instead of take, saying I have three hours and I'm going to do an hour on each project, it's like you have three hours and it might take you a half hour to like get your head around it. Yeah. And then you can really dive in deeper. So just making sure you have that like run, like that, that runway space to get into it because sometimes anything we ask a question about, so just by nature that this is a question that Ellen's grappling with means it's probably harder for us to sit down and do. So when right. something's harder for you to sit down and do, I think you really have to create the space to be able to do it. I totally agree. And, you know, when I started my business and when I started coaching people, um, I had young children at home. And, and so I really had this like, part of my, part of my system was, okay, can you break all your projects down into 15 minute tasks? Can we, cause when you have these little babies at home, you know, it's like, okay, can I, okay. The baby's happy or, you know, or the toddler is, you know, having their 20 minutes of iPad time. Like, let me do this one thing really quick. But now I just, I really see the value in having these bigger chunks of time and having this expansive time. And I think exactly what you're saying, I'm trying to think of the right way to say it, but like the sum is worth more than the parts. So I think if you are trying to use your example, if you're trying to move three separate projects forward and you're spending an hour on each of those projects, you're going to move them forward, you know, an X, X amount of degrees. But if you work on one project for three hours, I think you move it way further forward than yeah. you could have had you spaced out those three hours over, you know, a couple of weeks or whatever it was. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? Yes, totally. So I yeah. love that. I love that strategy. Yeah. Okay. So, so should we move into her designing these things? Yeah. And into the hiring out. Yeah. yeah. Hiring out. Yeah. Okay. I really read it as like, when is it time to hire? You know, that's, yeah. that was what I picked up on from the question. And so the first thing, and the first thing is that like, I like to remind because I think that anyone, especially women who take on entrepreneurial, um, pursuits, I think we tend to be highly motivated and driven and we tend to have a little bit of a perfectionist tendency. And so I always like to start any question about hiring with it doesn't need, things don't have to be perfect or beautiful to be effective. Yes. So it's much, it's much better. I would much rather see her launch whatever it is that she wants to launch or send the newsletter or get it out there, even if it's not beautiful, because it's going to start building her reach and it's going to start making change for her clients. And so I think the first thing is like, just start like, you know, progress over perfection, right? Like just start. So, but then I have some other things to say about hiring, but well, I'll, and I'll, I'll continue on that one yeah. because as a designer, you know, I have the ability to make things and I'm, I'm quite aware of that. You know, I can open a program and, and design things and make them look good. But what I'm very aware of is that not everybody can do that. And so for a lot of people, a designed document or element is not changeable. So right. one of the advantages of having something that's maybe not beautiful at first is that um, 
you have a chance to see if the information on it is actually right. resonating and making sense to people. And I do also, I like, I believe, and I think this is what you were getting at as well as women. Um, you know, we have this thing that we can feel not enough and mm -hmm. that somehow something designed or with a logo on top will somehow feel more real. Yeah. Um, and so I always caution people around that, even though I know that's weird coming from me. <laughs> um, but, but just know that anything that comes well designed from me is because this is like my, tr like, this is what I've did for 20 years. So right. I know how to make a design document. So that's just how I think. But once we're talking about hiring it out, um, it is harder to change. Yeah. Um, and it's harder to make sure it works. And it's funny, like when you, I look at some of the most successful people I know, and I see, you know, the menu plans they're sending out or, you know, the, 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 like just anything, they're not right. always beautiful. You know, yeah. they're yeah. focused on finding people, not sending out the most beautiful thing. Right. And I think that's where it really ties back into our kind of the time saving systems, you know, and that if you're spending hours and hours and hours trying to get something to be perfect, or you're waiting until you can afford to hire your, your until you can afford to hire a designer and you're not going to launch the thing, then you're doing yourself, your business and your clients a disservice by not just getting that information, you know, out to them. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I was going to say, because I wasn't exactly sure, I was thinking of design as like the logo and the colors and the, the beauty. Right. But if, if coming up with like the structure or, um, you know, what's actually there or the information that is going to resonate, I mean, obviously your clients are the ones who are really going to be able to help you test that. Yeah. But I have found that you know, that's what I've loved about like being in masterminds, being in Megan's mastermind or, um, you know, having a group of people that I can bounce ideas off of. Like right. it is hard sometimes to think of these systems in a bubble, in our own vacuum as yep. the expert, because we don't always know, like we're not, we're not always clear about what other people don't know because obviously we're a couple steps ahead of them and whatever we're, we're teaching. Yeah. So I, I do think it is helpful to bring, like, it can be helpful to bring someone in just to have an eye, whether that person's hired or not. Um, it's just helpful to make sure that whatever you're creating, whether it's designed or not, is makes sense to other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, and I think it's important to have, um, this is a slight tangent, but I think it's so important to have both those relationships. Like when you're a business owner, especially if you're a solo, a solopreneur, I yeah. think it's so important to have someone, a coach, a mentor, someone that you're, or a designer, like whatever that skill is that you need. I think it's really important to be paying someone for mm -hmm. their, you know, advice and support and, and input. And then I think it's really important to have business friends. You know, yeah. it's really important whether, again, whether that's part of a paid mastermind or whether that's something that you've created on your own, because we are a little bit of a different breed. And, you know, your, your girlfriend or the mom at your kid's school might not totally understand, you know, what you're doing and what you're going through. So I think it is really important to have friends and, and the same goes for parenting. You know, I always think like, you know, you want to have a parent a parenting friend that has kids that are roughly the same ages as yours because, oh right. Because if yeah. you've got an infant and someone has a college age kid, like you're dealing with two totally different things and you're not going to see eye to eye. So I think it's important to have friends and, and people that you're connected with that are in that same 
whether it's business, whether it's parenting, whatever it is, like in that same space. Exactly. No, yeah. totally agree with that. Yeah. Okay. So again, I interpreted a little bit of like, when is it time to hire help? Mm -hmm. So this is my next um, tip is just for hiring in general. I do think, you know, even with my first statement being like, things don't have to be perfect to be effective. I do think that hire sooner than you're than you think, hire sooner mm -hmm. than you're ready for. And this ties back into what we were talking about. I think hiring is the best way to save time. Like this is not your, um, if this is not your area of expertise, if you don't have a design background like Mia, then you are spending, you are spending your time that you could be serving your clients, developing content, like whatever it is that's your zone of genius. You're spending that time like messing around with whatever the thing, it's someone else's zone of genius, like hire it out to them. And I found as I just added a new person to my team, it does not matter when you hire, it will always feel expensive. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter if it's your first hire, your third hire, or you know whatever it is, it doesn't matter if it's for an hour or a hundred hours, like it will always feel expensive. And you will always think, well, I could do this by myself. Yep. And every single time I've hired, it, it is so worth it. And I end up, you know, having more time, more money, more, you know, all of more confidence, all of the things. So even if it feels like, Oh, I can't afford this, you know, I mean, do your due diligence. I'm not saying like, you know, blow all your money, but like, just know that it, it will always feel expensive. And the sooner you're the, the sooner you hire, the more time you're going to save. Yeah, no. And that's uh, amazing. So, and so one of the people that, so I can design things, but I can't write for my life. Right. So it's been super important for me to have writers. I've had them all along the way, way before I could afford it. Um, just to make sure that I didn't misspell a hundred words in an email. Otherwise I probably would, even though they're spell check. Right. So it's been, it's, it's really helped me even, I feel like it's helped me get so much more out there than I ever would have gotten out there. Cause I just trust the process. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times when you hire, it helps you trust the, your own process even exactly. more. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so my, I guess, hiring outsourcing next one was just to make sure that where you think you want to, well, I guess we already sort of did this one. Well, where you want to hire is the right job that you need yes. to hire right now. So yes. I guess we didn't really do that one. So you know, who is it that you need? Like, is it that you really need a designer or is it that you need to hire, um, you know, a systems type person who will help or a writer, you or know, someone to do your laundry. Yeah. Like, well, that's what I was gonna say. Or a house cleaner or right, exactly. a, a meal delivery service or, you know, like it's, it's like, where is it that you really need that? Cause I think a lot of times, you know, we're just, we're getting to this point cause we're feeling the pressure um, right. all around us. And so just really leaning into what you're supposed to do, what you need to do. Because as we said at the beginning, a lot of times we are the person who needs to architect our own systems before they're ready to be designed. So what, what is the help that you really need? Right. I love that. And I, um, I really saw, see that I don't work as much anymore with brand new business owners, but I would see this with with brand new business owners or just business owners that haven't hired anyone in their business yet, it, especially moms, I feel like we have a tendency to default to childcare. And mm -hmm. I am the biggest fan of childcare. I love childcare. Get all the childcare you can and you want and you need. But I feel like that tends to be like the default, like, oh, well, I could move my business forward if I had more childcare. Mm-hmm. 
And sometimes it's like, well, could you move your business forward if you had a virtual assistant? Could mm-hmm. you move your business forward if you hired out the design? I think we have a tendency to default and I live in the San Francisco Bay Area, like childcare is expensive here, right? And so when I was, you know, when I was in the early stages of my business, it was kind of that trade-off like, okay, I could get a babysitter to come and I could slave over figuring out you know, Canva or PicMonkey and try to design this one social graphic and pay the babysitter for two or three hours of time where I figure out one graphic or I could hire a designer to do it in a few seconds flat and I can take my kids on a bike ride or like whatever it is. Yeah. Or use that babysitting time to, you know, do something else in my business. I had a, so we had a babysitter for a year. I mean, I've always had a babysitter until two years ago when I went on the road And it was really interesting, actually, when I shifted out of having a babysitter, because I was able to put that hat on of actually, okay, do I really need one? Like, who could actually help me more? And I'm experiencing that right now. There's so much getting done while I'm with my kids or sleeping. (laughs) And it feels really good to have that happen in your business. Well, and we were, yeah. Go ahead. Well, sorry. Not that, not that I don't, I mean, I definitely really believe in childcare, but I think a me lot too. of times what happens with childcare, or at least it happened to me. So if, if you're in a creative business, which I think a lot of people who are in business and listening are, um, you feel a lot of pressure mm-hmm. when you have a babysitter, like to perform. Like, oh, it's, and, this is be my productive time. This has yeah, to be like, yeah. And sometimes it's not, you know, sometimes you can stare at a computer and you should be like walking around the block, but you don't give yourself permission to do that. So, right. you know, it has its pros and its cons. Yeah. I really experienced that, you know, we're kind of talking about systematizing, you know, our whole house. I really experienced that when I started doing grocery delivery um, because literally, literally I placed a grocery delivery order on my phone from the app on the phone. And then the kids and I, we went on a bike ride. And when we came back from the bike ride, there were the groceries were sitting on the doorstep and normally i would have taken that hour and and dragged my kids with me to the grocery store cuz i don't like to use my childcare time for grocery shopping i want to use it for business so then i make the kids go to the grocery store with me and i just went oh my gosh like this is this is perfect we just got to spend fun quality time together i didn't buy a million random things at the grocery store that either my kids or my, you know, hungry eyes said, Oh, I need the truffle cheese spread. Like (laughs) I didn't buy, I didn't buy any of that. And we went on a bike ride and the groceries were there. So any, you know, those like little things. Oh my gosh. are so key. Gold. Gold. So gold. All right. I think that was all I have. Do you have, I think that's pretty much it. I kind of combined my last two. I think, I think the, the, my last one is kind of a good one for me to end on it as far as like outsourcing and hiring and even time saving, like just because you can do something doesn't mean you need to be doing it either Mm. at all or that you need to be the one doing it in your business. So, you know, just because Pinterest exists doesn't mean you need to be on Pinterest. Just because you can figure out how to design a social graphic on Canva doesn't mean you need to. Yep. Okay. And 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 I and I, for some reason I read the question that she was trying to design. I don't know why I kept reading that she was trying to design like documents that would help, like like design things that she's not designing now, like documents that she was giving her clients. And I don't know mm-hmm. why I read that, so I don't no, know I if that's that, the right thing. No, I think that was what she was saying. I just interpreted it as just like hiring out something, yeah. like hiring so, it. The, yeah. And so so that uh, so I think that that goes for that too. It's just like really 
really make sure that what you're doing is going to make your life easier. I mean, the whole point of systematizing and hiring out is to make life easier. And, and it does, it does make life easier. And so just figuring out where to start, what the right system to tackle is first and doing that thing that you said of just focusing on one thing at a time, because it really is helpful to, to finish, mm-hmm. to finish one system and get it in place and maybe get help around it and then move on to the next one. Yeah. Um, and that really is helpful in the hiring process because when we offload all 12 systems, even onto somebody at once, those don't always go as planned either. We're all human. Exactly. Exactly. So, I think that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that, I hope we answered your question, Ellen. I know. Good question. I know. It is a good one. It was fun. All right, Megan. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. All right, you guys. And if you have a question, you got to come ask us. Go to plansimplemeals.com slash ask, and there's a way to record your question. And it's really fun when we get to hear your voices, especially when you have an accent like Ellen. But even if you don't, no matter what your accent is, it's fun for everyone to hear your voices. But if for some reason you're having trouble with that system or you just don't want to leave a message, just email me at mia at plansimplemeals.com and we will get your question that way too. But it's been really fun to dive into these questions together because we each read them differently, think of different things. It's been really fun to do this. Definitely. All right, you guys, wasn't that episode fun? First of all, I love the French accent of the question. And then it was really fun to dive into that answer with Megan. So I'm just loving these episodes. I hope you guys are too. Remember to come ask your questions. We have a couple more recording sessions and then we're going to move on. So I'm super excited to have her here. So while she's here, let's ask some great questions. Again, go to plansimplemeals.com slash ask and ask away. All right. So at the end of every episode, we share three doable changes so you can take what you heard and put it into action. It is really, really important to be inspired, but then to take that inspiration and do. I always share three things, but my intention actually is that you pick one, one that really resonates and you choose it. You choose to stick to it. You put items around it in your calendar And then you have fun. Then you really see how that thing can fit into your life in a way that maybe you wouldn't have been able to see if you tried to do everything at once. All right. So the three doable changes from this episode are number one, set boundaries around your time. When do you start working and when do you stop? What days do you work and what days do you not work? What are your non-negotiables? Maybe you decide you don't work on the weekends or after your kids are in bed, or maybe you don't respond to client emails or texts after 5 p.m. So simply starting to set boundaries around these things will improve your quality of life. You can take one step further and create your own weekly workflow. And we have put links to the weekly workflow in the show notes. So go check those out. And you guys, I'm having a real life moment right now. I decided that I had 15 minutes set aside or 15 extra minutes. And I knew that this was on my to-do list to record this ending. And so it's a little noisy because all my kids are downstairs and my husband, I think, just started to vacuum. So change number two systematize one thing. So pick one thing to systematize this week. 
It could be creating a meal rhythm and setting aside time each week to make a meal plan, or it could be that you decide to always fill up your gas tank on Thursdays after school, after you're done with school pickup. Like anything that you can take the decision-making out is making it systematized. You could create a prepared response to a question you get asked all the time, and you can think of it as like a template and you, then you can customize it just a little bit for each person so that you don't you know, have to reinvent the whole wheel every time you respond to somebody. But the key information is really ready to go. That's the key to creating a system around information. And this could be in your work life, in your business. It could be in your personal life. It could be that you like make the best ever dip that you always bring to parties. This is, actually happens to, to me, this one dip that I always make that is made of beets. So it's bright, bright pink. I'll put it in the show notes now that I've explained it. And every time I, it's like my go-to party thing, cause it's a really pretty color and you put it with cucumbers and some gluten-free crackers and everyone loves it. And it's, you know, gluten-free and dairy-free and all that stuff. And I always get asked. And for a long time, I would literally type out what was in it every single time because it wasn't for my cookbook. So I couldn't go cook, copy and paste it. I hadn't made a blog post about it. So I just created this like little note. And now whenever anybody asks, I can just copy and paste it. I have to admit, this is how Plan Simple Meals started was a long time ago as I changed my food. I eventually created a blog because I was so sick of asking, answering the same question. So be careful what you systematize. But it just really helps to have those things handy. You can systematize your shopping list. So my husband keeps a note in his phone of all the things we ever get at Costco. And then every time he's about to go, he'll check it and see what we need. It's just creating stuff so you don't have to reinvent the wheel because we don't have time to reinvent the wheel. So pick one thing in this doable change and systematize it. Just start one thing at a time. Spend a week systematizing different parts of your life. And if you have a big thing, it might just be that you systematize one thing, but that one thing is going to make your life so much easier. Okay. Doable change number three, use bigger work blocks. So instead of setting up to work on 12 projects during the next 90 days, Choose two and focus on them for the next two weeks and try to complete them. We do much better. That's actually why I tell you guys to pick one of these three doable changes, even though maybe all three of these things would be doable in a week. If you pick one, then you're more likely to follow through it. So pick one or two projects and focus on them exclusively and see how far you can get in two weeks because then you can move on to project number three and project number four, but don't think about that yet. By focusing on fewer things, you waste less time switching between tasks um, and you have, you have more runway time. Like you, have, you don't have to worry about the runway time between each time you switch. And so you're building the momentum and it just leads to greater productivity because runway is a big deal, you guys. We never leave enough runway in our schedules. And so for always switching, you just, we can't switch that fast and we can't switch without any transition time. So having less things to work on really makes the difference. So try that. This might be a longer term one. It might be that you have five projects you want to work on next week. You really get quiet. You figure out which one needs to happen and you just focus on that one. And here's a secret. It might happen in a day. It might happen in three. It might take you the whole week. But the energy you get from finishing that one thing is going to make all those other projects so much more 
they're going to be easier to do and there's going to be more momentum and they're just going to be happier. So those are the three doable changes from this episode. Again, come ask your questions at plansimplemeals.com slash ask. Loving these episodes. Hope you guys are. Come join the conversation over on Instagram. Look for this episode. Tell us what you think. Tell us what doable changes that you are working on and come join the conversation. All right, you guys, I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.